Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Funky Pharmacist Podcast. This is Sarah, and I'm here with Hillary today. Uh, today, we are going to talk about me uh, and my family, I guess, in a roundabout way. I'm uh, going to talk about the journey I've been on for probably the last couple years, but just have addressed in the last um, probably four months or so. Uh, I probably started about two years ago. I just I was getting more and more fatigued all the time. It really started, uh, I started noticing it when we were building the store, and I thought it was just the stresses of building the store and um, being part of this whole venture and things like that, but it's continuously got worse. Um, fatigue was, uh, I would dare say, I'm going to say unbearable to the point where um, probably four or five months ago, I felt like I could just flop over anytime between like 11 and five or six in the afternoon. Um, I would just had no energy, no drive, no motivation. It was not me. Um, that's not typically who I am. And so, uh, every year we, uh, do blood work for the store because of the compounding lab. We did that and there was no answers there. Everything came back good, which was great. I was very thankful for it. And then decided to do a saliva test kit, ended up doing a uh, Dutch plus kit, um, with cortisol. So I guess we'll tell you a little bit more about that. That, um, is saliva based. So you put this cotton swab in your mouth and it makes you gag. <laughs> it made me gag. My daughter was like, mom, what's wrong with you? I'm like, ah, nothing. I just trying to, uh, anyway. Um, so I did this test and we sent that out, um, and got it back and, my cortisol was pretty much non-existent. It was tanked. Um, and also we found out that my hormones were not too bad, except for the fact that my estrogens were high and they were going down, um, the least favorable pathway. And I have Hillary here with me, who's going to talk about the clinical side of that for a minute. Good wording, clinical. Oh, she's so impressed with my wording right now. I like it. So Sarah was a little. I'm not. Do you want to talk about the cortisol side or the estrogen side? Um, both. Wherever you want to start. So I guess if you look at Sarah as a whole, I wanna. We're gonna play estrogen first, right? So there's three types of estrogen, and the good thing about Dutch testing is that it tests those three types of estrogen. Some of them don't. Some of them just do the estradiol, which in I guess compounding pharmacy world and functional medicine world, we refer it to E2. Um, but so we've got E1, which is estrone, E2, which is estradiol, and E3, which is estriol. And they all kind of hover back and forth um, depending on your preferred pathway. So Sarah liked to have more and kind of the E3 estriol which we don't like too much of that in our body. We like we prefer the other estrogen. So Sarah had kind of an overabundance of that, but in a roundabout way, it's because she wasn't detoxifying and getting rid of that estrogen as she should. Um, but she was also kind of feeding the estrogen because of her diet, lifestyle, and things like that. Um, so we added some dim, which Sarah will go over in a little bit, but that kind of detoxifies that a little bit more thoroughly. Um, and we tweaked her vitamins a little bit. 
added some, we were taking these before, but we um, tweaked that. And then we addressed cortisol. Your cortisol was very, very, very low. But I did look, and it did have, like, a little spike towards the afternoon. It wasn't as bad as what I thought it was. Um, but all that plays part with your hormones as well. So cortisol reflects DHEA, which is this grandmother hormone, and it's, like, every other hormone's derived from that. That was kind of low. So all these hormones were in a roundabout very low for her, but yet she was storing estrogen. I'm going to put you on the spot with this because I haven't really thought about this before. What what do you think was the driving hormone that was making me so emotional? All of it? Oh, Total it, picture? To me, it, it's a cortisol. It was thing. cortisol that was doing it? Yeah. Okay. Hmm, um, good to know. Yeah, I throw it under the cortisol thing. Because as soon as you addressed that yeah, it was and gone. lifted that up mm-hmm. with those glandulars, then that was gone. I mean, you still had hormone issues, but that, in theory, should correct itself in a roundabout way by addressing cortisol. So, that's the clinical side. Um, like I said, it was a Dutch Plus test that I took. Um, I guess to go in a little bit into detail about what I was going through in my life, um, over the last couple of years, I have been um, dealing with relationship issues. I have... Um, been helping with a store, obviously a major career change for me. And the fact of I was working 24 hours a week before, um, five minutes from home. And now I'm working 40 hours a week with a two hour drive every day. That is not a complaint. I'm completely grateful for where I am, but it does add stress in your life. Um, so I had a lot going on in, in my world. And instead of choosing the healthy way to deal with it, I definitely chose the unhealthy way to deal with it. Uh, was not eating the best. Um, I'm very cognizant of what makes me the best version of myself, though that's ever-changing. I know that when I work out and when I move my body, I'm a way better person all the way around, and that wasn't happening. Um, I was letting excuses take over for that as far as I don't have time and this and that. And um, I went from a person that you know, 10 years ago would drink at weddings and that was it to a person five years ago that might have had a drink once a week on the weekends. And then, you know, over the years it was, okay, well, I'm going to have a drink on Saturday and Wednesday. And then it was every other day. And then, you know, it got to be almost every day through the pandemic. And, uh, the first of the year, um, obviously with help from <laughs> good friends, I made the decision that I was going to stop drinking, and I did, and um, totally changed my life there, but um, still was super-duper fatigued, and then I started getting super emotional. I've never been a super emotional person, like, um, outwardly, but I was coming to work and crying for no reason. I would just break down and cry, sometimes for hours. It was... And it, it wasn't good reasons to cry, <laughs> I guess. Like, it was stupid stuff. It was silly stuff. Um, so we did this test and um, got the results back. And the first thing that uh, Hillary, and I'm very fortunate because I have Hillary, who's amazing, and we also deal with Dr. Bogle, who works with us one day a week. Um, I got put on 
adrenal um, support supplements. Started off with adaptinol by orthomolecular and almost immediately in the first couple days I noticed a huge difference in not my not only my energy but my attitude and my ability to cope with everything that was going on. Um, I was just taking one of those in the morning and one in the afternoon. Um, and then what we did is we added in the dim detox like Hillary was talking about. So um, the adrenal support was helping you know, my fatigue and dealing with the stress and all that kind of thing. And then the dim detox is working on my estrogens. I think it's also important to point out, which we believe in here, is not to just, oh, you've got cortisol issues. Or you think you have cortisol yes, issues. Or you think you have cortisol issues. You like my sound effects? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to just sell you anything on the shelf without knowing what your cortisol is. Right? For sure. Yeah, that's something we believe in. Um, so, yes. And the same to be said with detoxing products. Yes. Because, I mean, if you don't know what you're detoxing, it's not really safe. Right. And, I mean, everybody could walk through and say they have cortisol issues. And there's not, I guess it's also important to point out, there's not like anything in those blends that are really going to hurt you. But you kind of need to know where you are, too, before you start that journey. The whole big picture. I just, yeah, I just can't. Mm-hmm. Unless, or we had a long detailed conversation explaining everything yeah I guess my big thing too is um you know if I would have went to it I was at the point where I didn't know what to do I was I don't want to say at my wits end or the end of my rope so to speak but I really was um nothing was getting better but I wasn't making anything better either I was feeding you know um feeding into it instead of trying to deal with it and get through it and thank goodness I have the support system I have um to lift me up out of that and support me through all this because now I'm back to being myself I'm I'm back in a decent workout regimen I eat for the most part pretty well um not drinking not putting that stuff into my body um what's what's interesting is I've always been a thick person I am not I am not I am not skinny. I am not thin. I am I'm thick. I'm I'm thickly built. Um so I've always my weight's always fluctuated a lot. And through this whole um thing in the last few months, I've lost about 15 pounds without trying to actually lose weight. And the interesting part is where I'm losing it. Um I'm losing a lot in my thighs and in my butt, which is really odd because I don't ever really lose weight there when I work out and things like that. Um and I am working out, but it's just interesting how it's not working out to lose weight. It's funny how you get older. Like five years ago I would have worked out to lose weight. And I would have ate right to lose weight. Now I try to eat good and I try to work out because I want to feel good. So I think it's kind of a full circle thing too. Well I think if you address all the components that are causing issues, then the end result will be weight loss. But that's not what your it may be your goal, but it isn't your goal. Does, does that make sense? It's a goal to be my healthiest self, and I think that's part of that. Yeah. But it no, it's no longer a question of like my ego wanting to be skinny. You know, like that's not where I am in life. So. 
Um, it's been interesting. So right now, like I said, I'm, I'm taking um, a couple of supplements. I'm taking Adaptanol, and I did end it up uh, adding in a glandular glandular product through orthomolecular that's TrueDap Plus. And those two things with the dim detox and also in conjunction with my regular vitamin regimen, which is significant, um, I'm doing very well. Um, I think it, to me, one of the frustrations and this is not a knock on the traditional medicine field, but had I decided to go to the doctor, I probably would have been sent to um, a psych doctor or I would have been prescribed an antidepressant, um, some Xanax, and something to sleep because I was having issues sleeping as well. I was waking up about 3 o'clock in the morning every morning, um, which we've talked about, Hillary and I have talked about. I think there was some beginning of sugar issues there and um, that kind of thing without, with the not so good eating and the drinking and all that kind of stuff. So now I'm sleeping through the night. Um, I've always had to depend on something to put me to sleep. Um, however, that's not every night anymore. It's occasionally. Um, so definitely have improved there too. Uh, and now I'm facing the stresses instead of numbing the stresses. And I know now that I'm kind of on borrowed time with these, um, adrenal supplements because the longer you're on them, the better chance that you're probably always going to have to be on them. And I'm not, I'm, I'm still young. I really don't want to be on these for the rest of my life. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to face all the things that are causing me the most stress in my life and cutting those back or out. Um, and so that's my focus right now is to try to get to a life that's less stressful for me and, um, where I'm just happier and, less stressed out. So do we miss anything on that? So, I mean, if you ever care to look at a Dutch plus test, mine's open for anybody to look at. If they want to see what that looks like, it's kind of cool. Um, I am very fortunate, like I said, though, to have Hillary and Dr. Bogle here who could look at that and tell me what it meant because it would have been a foreign language to me um, for the most part. So that's that part of the journey. Um, the more recent thing that we've done is uh, my eight-year-old daughter, um, Hillary and her son had did some food sensitivity testing, and I'd ran it past my daughter, who I've always suspected might have some food sensitivities, and she was all about doing it. So it's an at-home test kit, and she was a warrior. You have to just prick your finger and like get blood, which I would have probably dang near passed out over. Um, and she let Hillary and Hillary's mom, who's a nurse, do that for her and didn't shed a tear, didn't blink, didn't wince. She was in it. Um, so we did that for her and we got the results back and uh, it's been an eye-opening thing because it came back um, that she was she had sensitivities to gluten that were high, um, polysorbate 80, which is uh, found in a lot of ice cream, candy, toothpaste. Uh, toothpaste, yeah, just a lot of everything. Coconut, um, cantaloupe, which all these things, coffee, hazelnut, coffee, hazelnut corn, lettuce, a um, couple other things in there. There was a couple other, couple other things, but they were a little bit less, but um, opened our eyes with her. Uh, she's a really good kid. However, she tends to have really whiny bouts, and I suspect that to be part of these food intolerances. 
So, um, I forgot where I was going with this. A lot of the things that she came up oh, yeah. sensitive to were the things that she ate the most. Mm-hmm. So in a way that kind of shows us that, oh, maybe she's got sort of like leaky gut or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess it'd be important to point out that um, she was a C-section baby. Uh, she was, I have a hard time remembering, which is sad to say, but I don't think she was breastfed. I don't think I even breastfed her at all. I did with my oldest, but I didn't with her, um, cause I had issues with my oldest. So I think I just decided not to. So right there, you know, being from the functional medicine realm of things, I, I almost, I, I set her up without knowing maybe to have gut issues. And she did have, um, a couple bouts of, um, ear infections and pneumonia, um, probably, you know, but between the ages of one and three. So, you know, with the antibiotics that were given to her for those things, no yeah, no good gut flora. And, um, she's been well supplemented for the past couple of years as far as good probiotics and stuff like that. But, um, you know, she's still, she's a very, she's a very special child. She's very, um, I'm not going to use the word enlightened, but she knows a, a lot about a lot of things. And, um, she was excited to take this test and she was never distraught by the results. Uh, I think the adults around her had more of an issue with the results than she did, to be honest with you. Um, because we kind of explained to her, or I guess I should say, I kind of explained to her, um, how, you know, the foods she ate most of the time were her sensitivities and how, you know, she might have a little bit of leaky gut going on and there was some stuff we could do to help that. Um, and she's all about it. She wants to, she knows that if she made some changes for uh, a few months to help heal that, chances are she's probably always going to have sensitivities to a few of those things, but there's a good chance she could heal um, that gut. And not only is that going to help her now, but it's going to help her down the road because if we don't deal with what she has going on now, where is she going to end up when she's 30 or 40 years old? Right. Pre-exposed issues, autoimmune issues, cortisol issues, a lot of things. Right, and we we all are good enough at doing that to ourselves. We don't need any help. So um, again, uh, with Hillary's help and Dr. Vogel's help, uh, she's always been on a good probiotic, but she's on a little bit stronger probiotic now, and she's on a Glutashield product that um, we're hopeful after three months uh, will help these sensitivities. I can notice um, when she is eating well and not eating the foods that are targeting those sensitivities, that she is not as whiny. Um, there's no doubt for me that it influences her mood and her emotions a lot. Um, but it's also a hard thing because not everybody sees it and not everybody believes in this type of thing. So um, it's challenging sometimes because I guess it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to put it politely, but um, it's it's frustrating. I think it's also hard coming from past experience that at that age, they can't, and even at eight, they should be able to verbalize, but they don't, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I had my issues, I, I just didn't feel good. I just blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't verbalize what's going on. You, it's very hard to describe. Yeah. So, Young kids can't really say, oh, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's very hard. 
It's like having a pet that's sick that can't tell you what's wrong. It is, <laughs> but know? then you think about how cool it is for her to know this stuff at this young of an age. And, um, it's empowering. Yeah, and to be open to fixing it. She wants to fix it. There's no part of me that's ever been like, you can't eat that. You can't have that. I'm, I, I kind of, and I know I'm, I'm the parent, and I understand that it's up to me to drive that um, car, so to speak. But I don't need to because she gets it and she wants to. Mm-hmm. So um, it is. It's empowering to her because it's her health, and um, all I'm wanting to do is make sure that we're supporting her. If we're supporting her three months down the road, hopefully, um, you know, some of the stuff's healed up, but she's still going to be more mindful. Um, she is a good eater from the standpoint of loves fruits and vegetables, also loves candy and ice cream and that kind of thing. Like, that's her jam. She would eat fruits and vegetables and candy and ice cream <laughs> every day. No problem. But we've come up with ways to get around it. Um, polysorbate-free toothpaste. Um, polysorbate-free gum and mints and that type of thing for her. So she's not missing out on these things that she really likes. It's just doing it different. Um, we have, though it has been a, a, a challenge, um, gluten-free Oreos, obviously. Not great for your kid to be eating Oreos, but if your kid has a serious sweet tooth and they just got told they can't have all this stuff, good transition. Good transition. And the thing that's really tricky with her is um, stuff's gluten-free. Sometimes it's made out of coconut, coconut flour. She can't have that because she got sensitivity to coconut. So um, we've made these transitions. She's a huge pancake waffle eater, so gluten-free pancake mix. Hillary hooked me up with the good brand on that one. Um, so over the last couple weeks, we've kind of made it easier for her to have the things she likes and not um, be doing herself any more harm. So we're just working on healing the gut, and hopefully that gets her where she needs to be down the road. Well, we're already seeing results, I can tell. Yeah. It's just uh, being able to keep her in that spot, which is challenging when you're on the go. Uh, it's a thing that we all know. It's a frustration. It's like there's no like fast food for gluten intolerant. You know what I mean? Um, it's very hard for that kind of stuff. And not that we eat out much, but there's not a lot of quick go-to foods for gluten intolerant out there and um, are gluten sensitive. I have. This has really taught me the difference between a food sensitivity and a food allergy because when this started I, I was saying allergic to and I really have to watch myself be mindful to say sensitive to because um, there was some discrepancy um, behind how that was presented um, to her um, so we've really been mindful about saying sensitivity instead of allergy so. anyway that's what's going on in my life for now. 2021. 2021. It Maybe it's the year of healing. Ooh. Healing? That's deep. Yeah. Maybe. Good. We're definitely healing some stuff. So if you guys ever have any questions about any of this kind of stuff, we do um, sell the food sensitivity test kits here. They're $375. We don't make any money off of that. That's just what the kit costs. And that's... Um all and I mean that's food that's fruits vegetables spices um, preservatives and their their reports are amazing very yeah. easy so to that's read the big comprehensive there's smaller little versions mm-hmm. depending on 
This was the big picture. Right. But, I mean, if cost is ever an issue, then there are things like the elimination diet or the elimination, I guess, elimination diet, which, again, does not cost a thing. A little bit hard more work. time consuming. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's more hard work and time consuming, but, again, you could do it. And we've got resources for that, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, thanks for listening. Um, we apologize. We have not been producing podcasts. Um, I would say it's a time thing, but to be honest, it's a, it's a subject thing. We run out of things to talk about. Um, and then we put it off because we can't think of anything to talk about. So I'm sure there's things, a lot of things that maybe people want to know about. Yeah. So what do you guys want to know about from the functional pharmacy realm or the herbal realm or, any of that stuff that we dabble in, um, let us know. Send us a message. Uh, give us a call. Uh, write us an email. Whatever. Um, we're always open to any topics you might have. Or we're always open to having guests on, too. So i um, hopeful that I will be able to do a couple podcasts um, with some guests in the near future. So thanks for listening. <laughs>